XR Podcast. All right, welcome to the XR Podcast. This is a podcast where we explore realities. We explore the the space of augmented and virtual reality. My guest today is Ori Inbar, super influential in this space. And uh, to be honest, I don't see this space happening without you in, in AWE. And this year I see it's uh, awexr.com. Uh, That's a new URL, yeah. We, we thought it would be uh, shorter and crispier. So before that, it was the full Augmented World Expo, which is how it started. Tell us a little bit about it. How did it, what was the first AWE? Do you, do you recall that? The, how did it um, start very small? What was the, the, the thoughts behind it and, and where is it now? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's kind of, a, I think it's a nice story. Um, so when, you know, when I got into AR uh, 2008 and nine, um, was very small community. You could actually count the number of companies on, on one hand um, at the time. And uh, it was great because, you know, I love to be kind of first in a, in a new sector, but it felt like it doesn't, there's no support system. There's no community. So uh, there, there was clearly a need to join forces and, and get together with a few other entrepreneurs and researchers and, and some, some of the big players as well. Uh, and there was no other event at the time. So, uh, you know, I joined forces with uh, t and and a few other folks and uh, said, let's let's start our own AR conference for, for the community. Uh, so in 2010 uh, was the first event. Uh, you know, had about 300 people in a room uh, with maybe 10 or 15 exhibitors. So we actually was in the same uh, convention center in Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. So we kind of grew into it, and now we're kind of occupying the whole thing. But back then, it was really kind of a small room. And uh, a lot of passionate people in a room thinking about ideas, concepts, vision. And it was a lot of fun. Not a lot of, you know, real products or real demos at the time. Uh, I think that that was really interesting to see how, over the years, we transitioned from ideas and concepts to real products and real implementations, whether it's for enterprises or for consumers. Uh, so it was a really nice journey to see. Of course, you know, today we're still talking about the vision mm-hmm. and what's really going to happen. So there's still a lot of that, uh, but there's so much more uh, real stuff that you can touch today and you can do, to, you can do today. Uh, and that, that's been just uh, in a quick 10 years. Absolutely. I mean, and I couldn't emphasize the importance of, of community and for you to grasp that early, right? And to do the groundwork to to lay the foundation for that. And it's definitely not easy to kind of plan an event. Uh, but but once you get these people together, I mean, it's it's um, it's exponential what can be uh, created in three days. You know, a lot of companies work year round. And uh, when you get together, a lot of these researchers and, and um, creators, and um, like you said, the, even the bigger companies, so much, so much is done. So many deals are struck uh, at AWE now, uh, and it's it's really growing. Tell me more about uh, who who are kind of the OGs. Who are the? Uh, you mentioned the, some of the people that you started this with. Are are they still around in the space? Uh, who who do you think is uh, integral into starting this with you? Yeah, there, there's definitely uh, a good group of people that uh, was there in the first year and uh, kept coming every year. Uh, one name that, that comes to mind is uh, Patrick O'Shaughnessy. 
um, which uh, at that time, actually, he and I were developing some uh, AR projects together. Um, so this is like 2008 and nine. Uh, and since then, he kind of kept uh, being, you know, one of the leading uh, developers in the space and came to AWE over the years to give an overview of the developer tools out there and really kind of providing sort of a buyer's guide to tools. Uh, so, so he's been with us since then, every single event. And there's, there's a bunch of others which, you know, came from, from different companies, Brian Mullins, T-Shoot, um, and, and, and many others. I mean, I, I would sure, sure. do the service if I... Yeah, exactly. No, you them, can't pick one. Exactly. Uh, well, yeah. tell me, actually, uh, you mentioned something really interesting. Uh, as one of the things that you're also very famous for is uh, Super Ventures, which is, um, I'm, I'm sure you can speak more about it, but uh, tell me more about uh, what projects were you involved in early? What, what, what struck your attention uh, in terms of um, startups and uh, products that, that are... Um, early in the uh, in the early stages that were that caught your eye and that you were involved in sure so i mean i i started kind of as an entrepreneur in uh, the ar space as i said back in 2008 and 9 uh with the first venture-backed ar startup in the states and that was great and awe became a thing uh just because we felt like we need a, a community and we need a place to to get together uh it was never meant to be you know something that continues to become such a, a big force in the industry. Uh, but through that, um, I, I was able to kind of generate this uh, incredible network of uh, companies, of experts, of uh, startups and entrepreneurs. And uh, very quickly, you know, people started to come for advice, whether it's a corporation trying to figure out where this industry is going or funds that were looking at uh, – making sense of, you know, where the new innovation is happening and what are good opportunities for investments. Um, and same for startups. I mean, many startups came for advice to help connect them with the this network and to really um, find the right partners and so on. Yeah, and uh, through that process, uh, you know, around 2015, it felt like um, the interest is really growing. Uh, there's a lot of uh, money in VC that is looking to find its way into the air industry. Um, and uh, that, that kind of brought me as well as uh, my partners at Super Ventures to, to think, you know, this is the right time to start an AR focused early stage fund, uh, which is what Super Ventures uh, became when it was founded in 2016. Uh, and the idea was, you know, to kind of continue uh, the effort that we've been uh, putting into helping build this ecosystem and support it and grow it. Uh, now we added the ability to actually put our money where our mouth is. Uh, so, you know, make some bets on some early stage companies and, uh, and through that kind of help also kind of this industry grow. Uh, and that involved a lot of working with uh, accelerators around the world. Um, so, uh, mm -hmm. so, so that was kind of, you know, part of the process. So, you know, we raised a small fund. We, we made a, a good number of investments um, and uh, kind of completed that, that first round. And now we're gearing towards uh, uh, the next step uh, of our fund, which uh, is interestingly uh, going to be associated largely with uh, the new city-funded AR and VR center in New York City. 
called the R Lab, mm-hmm. which is operated by NYU and funded by the city. Um, and we, uh, SuperVentures, were chosen to be the resident VC uh, that will be working closely with the accelerator program, help us uh, finding the best startups, uh, mentoring them, and, and also also providing uh, funding. Uh, so that that's kind of what we've been working on recently, and uh, really excited about happening this year. Yeah, that's that's incredibly exciting uh, for the for the AR and VR space in 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 general. Um, and and um, for those of you not familiar, what Ori is referring to is a very historic kind of uh, funding that uh, um, New York City set aside for a, a VR AR kind of uh, space. And there's been a lot of uh, decisions on on uh, how best to use that. And uh, congratulations to Ori and SuperVentures for being kind of the VC lead for that. Uh, and in the Navy Yard in um and in, in Brooklyn, correct? That's right. In the Navy Yard in Brooklyn, uh, which is kind of a, a new uh, area being developed by the city. Uh, it's a little remote, but uh, I think with the with everything that is happening there, it could easily become an important hub for AR and VR uh, in the city and maybe even the, the East Coast, because uh, there's actually a really good network of. Uh, startups, of corporations, of investors that are all interested in AR and VR in the greater New York area. And this will kind of give them a sort of a hub or a home uh, to to coordinate a lot of the activities with, which are happening around the city. That's beautiful. And, and it's... Um, like I said, I, everything you're doing is, is really pushing forward uh, this industry. So um, I, I couldn't be more honored to have you as as this first guest uh, here on this XR podcast because the, the, you are literally creating the industry by, by doing this, by finding, if you look at uh, startups, right, what, what do they need? They need that funding. And um, it's, it's not just funding, it's kind of the value add. And I see kind of associating with super ventures as a, as a VC is that value add where, where you have um, access to augmented world expo. That's probably the longest running, most influential uh, conference. I would say that most, most people have access to AWE. Very few, I guess, are, are, are privileged to be able to work with uh, super ventures in super ventures. What, what are you specifically, you said you're an early stage, uh, more or early stage funding. What is, what is the best way for, uh, let's say, a startup to um, connect? And what are you looking for specifically in startups? I know you mentioned a lot of the AR cloud and a lot of the, what is it, the open air initiative. Tell us more about kind of what, what you see as the future of AR. What should companies structure, model themselves uh, for if they're looking for investment from um, kind of a high level firm like, like Super Ventures? Yeah, so uh, let me first uh, kind of clarify a bit. You know, there's the nonprofit side of things, which is augmentedreality.org, an organization with a mission to help advance AR. Uh, and AWE is kind of one of the main uh, activities uh, driven by, by this organization. It's happening across you know multiple continents. And there's also now uh, monthly meetups that run in 10 cities around the world. So, so it's really helping build the community and all the profits are reinvested in supporting the community and helping it grow. So that's kind of on, on one side. Uh, Super Ventures is the for-profit side. Uh, and, there, you know, myself and, and Tom Amrick are kind of two of the people that are involved in both sides. But we, we try to really separate ver- with a very clear wall. Um, so on, on the for-profit side, um, you know, again, there's a fund uh, in place. And... Out of the thousands of companies that we know and love, uh, eventually have to select those 
which you will invest in. And it's uh, it's actually a hard choice. Um, but that's that's kind of the role of the fund. It's uh, it's not meant to help grow the ecosystem necessarily. It's more focused on providing return for investors. So it has somewhat of a different agenda than what we have on the the for the nonprofit side. Yeah, and then you know, in terms of you know, first of all, if if uh, anyone wants to uh, kind of join on the uh, nonprofit side, uh, you know, you can just reach out over augmentedreality.org or send me an email. Uh, we'd be happy to to kind of uh, give some pointers and help people uh, that want to get into this world uh, some some entry points. Um, if it's about more sla- more uh, closely related to an investment opportunity, uh, as I said, we're looking for early stage companies. So it's really anything that is pre-Series A. Sometimes, you know, first uh, institutional check, pre-seed, seed, uh, so or anything in between would be uh, of interest to us. And the best way is, you know, uh, either submit a uh, an inquiry on our website on superventures.com or just send me an email at ori at superventures.com and we can take it from there. Uh, my, my on, on one hand, you know, I'm trying to get to know every single company in the world that does anything interesting in AR. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's a full-time job just to try to, to keep up and, and get to know everybody. Well, I think you're at least halfway uh, there. You know, it's uh, if anybody does, it's, it's definitely you. Yeah. So, and, and the thing is that, you know, once you, you see so many companies, uh, there's a lot of patterns that emerge. Uh, and, and that also helps us kind of get a sense of where the trends are going and, what are the more competitive areas at any given point in time, as well as some of the opportunities for things that people are, may not be tackling at any given point in time. Uh, so it's really kind of a, a good view of, of what's happening. And uh, uh, to, to answer your question on what we're looking for, uh, so Superventures is uh, traditionally more focused on enablement, you know, tools, platforms, um and less on you know applications or, or content or, or games in, in the traditional sense, although we we definitely want to look at those as well. But uh, because I think where we are today as an industry, the uh, the layers that are being built to support applications and content are probably the more critical ones, and uh, they need to come a bit before the actual applications. Uh, so that's kind of where our focus is, uh, you know, on things like. Uh, 3D mapping uh, of the world, creating the air cloud, uh, things around content creation, uh, world building, which is essential to populate, whether it's an AR or VR world. Uh, interaction, both kind of perceiving the world as well as uh, controlling it, whether it's you know hardware devices or software-oriented interactions. Uh, these are kind of the interesting topics. Uh, shared presence or you know, is what we kind of call the the idea of teleportation or collaboration and communication in AR and VR is a very uh, interesting area for us. Mm-hmm. And finally, is is kind of a category that we call a super intelligence. So, you know, all these applications and and things that help us become better at anything we do in work or life uh, is another kind of big area of focus for us. So, these are you know we have kind of these six uh, moonshots or or buckets, if you will, that we're focusing on. And that's also uh, mentioned on our website. So if uh, anyone wants to kind of get a better sense of that, 
check it out there. Beautiful. And it's absolutely a resource, I'm sure, for uh, investors who also want to strategically kind of uh, invest in this space. Uh, a fantastic resource and, and literally the the best, uh, most uh, connected people. One of the people you mentioned, um, Tom Emmerich, uh, and, and I know that AWE also has kind of a startup uh, pitch competition. And I mentioned, I noticed yourself, uh, Tom Emmerich, and uh, uh, some other high-level investors are um, are part of the judging panel. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about um, about that? And I know there's there's been some great startups that have come through there last year as well. That's right. So, I mean, if you look at the event, uh, as it's been growing, you know, from 300 people in a room to over 7,000 people that we're expecting this year, um, on one hand, you know, you have kind of the uh, exhibit hall, which is really... Uh, the most comprehensive one you can find anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting for anyone in this field. Uh, but we, we're trying to kind of give each audience its own um, flavor, its own perspective or slice of the overall industry. So we have programs for people that are focused on enterprise, for developers, for creators, uh, and uh, marketing folks and so on. Uh, and two really interesting groups uh, are the investors and startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so over the last few years, we've started to add more and more robust programs for for these two audiences. And one of them is what you just mentioned. It's a it's a startup pitch competition. Um, today we're um, or this year we're targeting about eighteen companies to be on stage. Um, so we're now. Uh, in the process of uh, reviewing all the, the great submissions out there and trying to narrow it down to a list that uh, would be not just the, the best companies, but also kind of a, a good diversity of, of topics, of people, uh, of technologies and so on. So it's it doesn't mean that if you're not selected, mm-hmm. you're not uh, one of the top companies. Uh, it's just that, you know, uh, we had to select the right makeup of, of companies in that competition. Uh, and on the other hand, we have uh, assembled... Uh, uh, a group of investors. Uh, I think we're going to have over 100 investors uh, this year that uh, will come to the pitch as well as uh, meeting with startups on the exhibit hall uh, and really uh, helping to kind of inject some more capital into this industry. Beautiful. I'm um, oh, sure. And I think you mentioned something uh, really interesting. This 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 conference uh, is just perfect for so many um, so many different kind of roles in this space, right? You mentioned it's it's great for developers. It's great for um, um, like corporate buyers. Uh, let's kind of dive into how um, how investors and startups would use this space uh, best. Uh, use the the three days of AWE, and it's coming up uh, in May, uh, at the end of May. So uh, literally a once in a lifetime experience. That um, if you are a startup or an investor, what would you recommend uh, the best use of time? I know there's a lot of networking opportunities, but uh, outside of that, what, what would you uh, recommend they, they hit? Uh, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, for startups, uh, we're, we have uh, kind of crafted some packages that I think help address the, the main needs of a startup. Um, so, so this year, actually, for the first time, we have a dedicated area just for startups so, um, you know, for investors and people that are looking for uh, the really cutting edge innovations from startups, they, they can just go to that space right next to the exhibit hall mm-hmm. and uh, and have a chat with them. So so that package for a startup, you know, it's, it's a, a table um, and we try to make it as affordable as possible with, you know, different sizes, 
So, so price is not going to be an issue, I think, for a startup to, to be able to join and have a, a table and, and really be exposed to investors and other potential partners in that conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, that is supported with uh, the kind of full day track uh, with uh, startup pitches, um, which is on one hand an opportunity to pitch on stage. You know, you have your five minutes of fame to, to make your case. Um but it's also an opportunity to network with investors in this field and with other entrepreneurs. Um, so it's almost like a, a mini conference within the the larger conference that uh, is really geared for uh, startups and for investors to to get get together and find the right match. Beautiful, and it's absolutely that kind of space. Uh, augmented reality, um, XR, all of this technology is based on innovation and disruption, and and that is um, the name of the game. It's it's not about um, what has been around ten years ago. Uh, it's it's what's now, what is current, what is competitive, uh, and absolutely, my recommendation for startups is um, be active. You know, uh, make that call. Try. I mean, even last minute. I'm sure that um, if if uh, if you are a startup up your your persistence your um your tenacity is is part of of what makes you uh successful so if there are opportunities like this like awe in this if you're a startup in this space i 100 percent recommend uh to reach out and and um, get yourself in there as soon as possible uh, and I'm sure for investors, uh, basically everything is exciting, right? They they have they can essentially take their pick uh, to understand the space through through developers, through uh, large organizations, through startups, and get an idea of the space. Uh, another thing that you mentioned, um, I think you mentioned the uh, the playground, the AWE playground, which is absolutely massive. I remember last year, uh, it was it was just probably the biggest uh, space like that. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and how, how that kind of came together. Did that, did that start last year for the first time? Uh, no, actually, this year is going to be the third year for the AWE Playground. And, uh, I mean, the the whole idea started when we felt like, you know, the, the conference is growing. Uh, we have, you know, great exhibitors, great sponsors kind of showcasing their products. Uh, but it felt like there's for, for you know an AR VR based conference. Uh, we wanted to make it more experiential in nature. Uh, and uh, although you know we have a lot of great demos and great experiences in the booths, uh, we felt like it could be really cool to uh, just to give people an opportunity to just experience different things, whether it's gaming and entertainment, but also in in other parts of life. Uh, and w- the the uh, unique advantage we have in a conference like that is that you can actually deliver experiences that, that are hard to deliver. Uh, that, you know, you cannot try it at home in many cases. You need kind of a setup. You, need, you, you can use kind of rigging the environment as a way to make the experience a bit more advanced than what you could at home or, or in the office. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's basically, you know, we're taking like a 25,000 square foot space uh, completely bare, and uh, we're filling it up with uh, experiences, some really large that could not be possible in any other format, uh, and some smaller ones. Uh, so, you know, about 20 or so experiences. Um, and also, it gives the opportunity for 
experiences that may not be able to justify the spending of, of uh, space in the exhibit hall, mm-hmm. but would still benefit the crowd. Uh, so we're kind of subsidizing some of these ex- experiences um, and making it more accessible to, to a larger audience. Uh, from the last couple of years, we, we noticed that the, the press uh, <laughs> loves that playground <laughs> and they gravitate towards that. Uh, but also for, you know, even for experienced AR and VR uh, people, uh, I think we, the, the feedback we're getting is that they love the playground because it's really uh, something, like you said, you cannot find it anywhere else. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of pop-up places that show four, five, ten uh, experiences here and there, you know, in, in cities like New York or LA. Um, but this is really uh, at another scale. And uh, and the best part is right next to an expo hall with, uh, you know, over 200 exhibitors. So, so you can find it all in one place. Um, it's very intense. Uh, the, the main complaint we're getting from people is that they didn't have enough time to see everything. Uh, so I guess it's a good thing. Um, and, and you have to, to make sure you actually use your time uh, in the most efficient way. And be, between the exhibit hall and the sessions, there's a lot happening. Yeah, I so think that's going to gonna be a complaint. Pick, uh, yeah. clearly. That's never going to go away. I think it's only getting bigger and, and there's, you know, you're never going to see everything. But that's the point. If you can meet people uh, and then, you know, together kind of uh, talk to each other. Oh, hey, this was awesome. Go check this out. So a lot of recommendations, a lot of uh, that. And so absolutely, if you think about what this... Uh, this playground is it's essentially a location-based entertainment uh f- complex facility that, that that's that you put together in three days you said two hundred and fifty thousand square feet uh there's i remember last year uh project ghost um developer um um out of puerto rico had uh, created this multiplayer uh vr experience and uh this year i believe uh chicken waffle out of austin texas is is also demoing a location-based multiplayer um vr so uh this is you know these these experiences are are not cheap and uh for you know for the price of a regular expo ticket i think it's a huge value uh if you just want to go and have fun but absolutely the combination of you know very serious very enterprise high level talks and uh and fun is 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 really kind of the nice balance of of a conference uh let's talk a little bit about the with the enterprise level right so um we've seen all of the major players in uh ar uh have a major presence at awe and we're looking you know talk about meta a bosch uh Literally every one of the smart class manufacturers, Epson, um, and uh, obviously the Microsofts and the uh, the Googles. Tell us a little bit about uh, where is enterprise headed. And I know that there's you know the the kind of the the gold standard, right? Is um, there's there's some terms that we've learned over the years of of coming to AWE. There's uh, what is um, what is a SME, right? Subject matter expert, essentially a remote, uh, a remote uh, authority of, of how to fix something or how to uh, do something on the field. And then there's the field workers. Uh, and this has kind of been, uh, in terms of enterprise, from what I've seen, a, a, a big, big win in terms of AR. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and expand it to where, where that can be now and where it is and uh, what you see? Certainly. So actually, if you look at, you know, back, uh, I think since 2013, 
we started to see uh, significant growth in the enterprise sector. Uh, so that is both in terms of software and hardware providers targeting targeting the enterprise, and also in terms of attendees, uh, kind of corporate buyers joining the event to search for solutions. Again, hardware and software solutions for their businesses. Uh, and, and that's where um, especially AR was uh, really thriving uh, since you know 2013 and, and the following years. And it's been growing. It's been the kind of the, the fastest growing sector, uh, I think, in general in the industry and also at AWE. Uh, so on one hand, um, you know, we have some really strong um, technology providers which uh, have been basing kind of their revenue and their uh, growth on the enterprise, um, and, and they've been doing really well. Actually, if you look at the enterprise pavilion in the expo hall. Mm-hmm. It's been steadily growing over the last five years, uh, and today it's it's probably except except for the uh, top sponsors uh, area, it's the largest pavilion in the exhibit hall. So it's definitely demonstrating, I think, its uh, its contribution to this industry in terms of revenue, in terms of investments, in terms of where most of the action is happening. And, and that's by the way, especially when you think about smart glasses. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're not seeing a lot of that happening on the consumer space. But in the enterprise, you could say it's it's thriving uh, with you know a bunch of companies targeting their smart glasses for enterprise, uh, significant adoption. Uh, you know, of course, we have only I guess one ultra uh, giant uh, case we know with the the U.S. military purchasing one hundred thousand Hololens devices. Uh, yeah, but we're getting there. We're, I think we're getting there with uh, enterprises adopting. Not just uh, dozens, but hundreds and even thousands of devices for their employees. Uh, so it's it's kind of it has moved from the pilot stage where it was, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016, to more of a, a mid-level deployment in the enterprises, and and that's definitely reflected both uh, on the expo floor and also on the talks. Mm-hmm. And the talks is where where you see. The actual Fortune 100 companies talking about how they've adopted AR and VR and what it did for their business. And and these stories are super convincing. I think that's probably the, the biggest driving factor for the fact that today we hear that about 70% of all Fortune 1000 companies have either implemented some form of XR or plan to do it by next year. Uh, because, you know, these, these uh, case studies are so convincing uh, and you know they're improving. They're improving the bottom line. So whether it's like you said, you know, uh, remote field, remote expert assistance, or uh, speeding up logistics, or learning on the job, or uh, uh, all these kind of uh, use cases that they're they're uh, really demonstrating significant ROI. And uh, there's there's no way around it. I mean, Absolutely. as a as a as a, com- as a company, you know that if you want to stay competitive. Uh, if you want to uh, to continue to grow, uh, there's no way around using this technology and at least experimenting with this until you you know exactly where and where where and how you want to use it uh, inside your enterprise. Yeah, and 100 percent, and especially in terms of the hardware, there is there is no um, better win-win uh, than a company being able to acquire a bunch of uh, AR headsets right, and deploy them on the field. And uh, the case studies are exceptional. I mean, there's there's nothing but a success in these uh, uh, use cases. And it, uh, 
from, let's say from a, uh, a corporate buyer, let's say that uh, uh, as a corporate buyer, I'm coming to AWB for the first time. What hardware uh, would you see that I should definitely take a look at in terms of value, innovation? Uh, there's, there are so many new smart classes and uh, there's some of the older players. W- just name a few that, that uh, stand out that you think um, people should definitely, if they're looking to uh, make these um, corporate purchases in terms of hardware, what should they look at first? Uh, well, you know, it's it's hard to make a recommendation for a specific company when you're sure. trying to kind of really advance the whole <laughs> sure. the whole sector. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can give you uh, some pointers. I mean, I think the funny thing is that uh, as much as Google Glass was uh, considered a failure for consumers, it's actually been pretty successful in the enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first version and and especially kind of the the updated versions that we're hearing about today. Um, they're being deployed uh, across many uh, large corporations today and in pretty large numbers. So, so that's kind of one thing that I think mo- many people outside of enterprise do not know. Uh, but there's there's a bunch of kind of the whole uh, uh, set of uh, glasses which are targeting enterprises specifically. Uh, Realware uh, mm-hmm. comes to mind uh, as one that is really strictly for, an, for the enterprise and, and is doing well there. Uh, and actually, if you look at our uh, enterprise pavilion and the eyewear pavilion at the AWE, you'll, you'll see a bunch of uh, folks that um, are developing glasses that are, uh, you know, they're a bit bulkier, the big, a bit bigger mm-hmm. uh, than what you want for as a consumer. But for enterprises, it's it's super functional. It delivers the job. You know, it could work eight hours a day for a full shift. Um, it's relatively comfortable. Um, once you you know you adapt it for your specific task, specific job, uh, so that that's definitely working. Sure, yeah, and I mean that's that's a great value, uh, a great find on that Google uh, Glass too. There definitely there's definitely been a lot of leaks about Google coming out with a, a new glass. Uh, the, and like you said, the original Google Glass, very lightweight, um, has a lot of capability, not to be overlooked, um, and probably at a very low price, a very low cost for uh, for enterprise. And like you mentioned, the uh, um, the the real goal of enterprises all day use right full full battery life uh but but literally the from what i remember the enterprise uh side of of awe the expo hall is is outstanding i mean there it is there is no expense spared i, I think last year there was actual uh, like not actual welding but actual welding equipment there was like uh, tractors like heavy machinery to show uh uses um and and literally for for a lot of these um a lot of these hardware and software companies. This is uh, the Comic Con. This is the um, the the place where you look forward all year to uh, coming and showing off your stuff. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, just, sure. just to mention maybe a few more. I mean, there, there's uh, you know actually one you you asked before who was with us since day one and mm-hmm. uh, Paul Travers from Avusix uh, is is one of the names that come to mind. Uh, you know, really true pioneer in the space, and and they're still kind of one of the leading smart glasses that are being adopted in enterprises. So, so that's one. You know, there's there's uh, a bunch of uh, uh, new companies, relatively new companies that uh, emerge from China and from Korea, mm-hmm. like uh, High Scene and uh, Shadow Creator. Um, there's uh, Max, you know, from from South Korea. Rocket, uh, actually, Rocket is is 
targeting more the uh, consumer space, but um, a lot of them, you know, are going to be on the on the show floor, and uh, people will be able to kind of try it out, whether it's in the enterprise context or really looking to penetrate it into the consumer space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. Like you mentioned, that Fusix is, uh, I mean, very. There, there's not. Uh, if you're not in the space, you, you're likely not going to hear about them with a lot of the media attention taken up by Microsoft and these these bigger players with massive PR budgets. Uh, Vuzix is, a, I, I believe they're um, very close to New York, like upstate New York, uh, yeah. 45 minutes. And, oh, please. And of course, you know, see, you see a lot of uh, Magic Leap uh, and uh, HoloLens units at the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are going to demonstrate this because, you know, they're kind of one of some of the, the higher end devices out there. So, you know, for the cooler demos, many are going to use those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, you know, Coppin, which uh, Coppin is, is mostly known as a supplier of components for smart glasses. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the products out there in the market actually have some components from Coppin, but they also have their own. Uh, glasses that they're uh, kind of promoting. So uh, definitely, you know, one of the the key players that have been uh, with us and, and even before AWE for, for many years. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's it's great to see the community kind of support uh, each other and support itself and have um, have this place, right? And I, I, I failed to see another place like it, another place where there's a bunch of conferences and a lot of them, you know, start focusing on the, on VR and what's trendy. Uh, but but really to have a long-standing community like this, and you mentioned also the AWE Nights, which uh, is something I, uh, I noticed it's, it's been kind of around for some time, and just kind of lately has been uh, kind of connected the brand together. Um, and that's essentially meetups, right? Meetups. Uh, what is it in five five cities? Ten, ten cities. Ten cities. As, as of today, yeah. That's outstanding. Um, and and so these are monthly meetups where local creators kind of get together, network, um, and, and create like a, a smaller scale AWE. Yeah, and it's for those who can't wait for their uh, AR or VR fix, uh, and they need it more frequently mm-hmm. in those forms of meetups. Uh, you know, in almost all the large cities in, in the country and also in, in other countries, uh, it's an opportunity to get together. Uh, you know, we, we, we do kind of a really uh, exciting program for each one of them with great speakers and demos. But the main p- p- purpose people get together is really for networking and sharing thoughts and partnering and, and finding jobs and, and hiring people and, and coming up with new ideas. Uh, so so that's something, you know, we, we learned from from day one when we uh, started bringing people together in this industry that... You see magic happens. Um, new so companies true. are born. New ideas are born. Uh, people advance their career. They they find uh, their co-founders in many of those meetups or events. So so you can actually track and see the uh, the impact that those you know this community building is is doing for the industry. Oh, that's absolutely true. Uh, and I've I've been witness to it myself. Uh, I've been a part of the the New York one uh, for some time, and uh, it's 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 like you said, it's it's everything uh, you said and more, and it's it's absolutely real. Uh, one of the things you also mentioned was uh, what getting jobs, right? So for another another kind of um, type of uh, what is a type of person, another another. Um, 
the group uh, that would be attending AWE, that be attending these uh, the AWE nights meetups, is um, developers, right? Uh, creators, people that are um, that have the tools, and there's just unlimited tools right now with Unity, um, literally the, the software side, the SDKs. A lot of these SDKs are free or have a free tier, um, and an SDK is a software development kit, essentially a way where you can take. Um, and create AR, create augmented reality, um, mixed reality experiences. Um, talk a little bit about what a, what a, what would a developer uh, expect at AWE? How should a developer tackle this? Should they uh, and and essentially what can they um, what can they uh, gain from it? And um, let's talk a little bit from a developer's point of view. Yeah, so so actually we we distinguish between developers and creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, developers are typically considered the more kind of uh, hardcore programmers, uh, and we have a dedicated track that covers, you know, different SDKs, different technologies, different techniques, uh, and, and that's been kind of a very large part of AWE since day one. Uh, but I think that today, that you know, to look at the overall state of the technology, I think it's it's reached a point where it's good enough. Like you said, you have <laughs> ARKit, ARCore, you have Sumerian, you have uh, Spark, you have, you know, the uh, Lens Studio f- from Snap, you have a bunch of really good tools that are making it much simpler to build AR applications. Not un- unlike what I, I experienced, you know, 10 or 12 years ago when I was trying to build apps, mm-hmm. you had to, to, to do a lot of uh, heavy lifting yourself. Now, now it's much easier and you can build apps that just work with these platforms. Uh, so today, I think the big the biggest need in the industry is for more creators, for people that will actually create content that will be essential to people that will drive the light among customers and, and really bring uh, AR and, and VR to the entire uh, market. Because today it's still, you know, it's limited to, you know, maybe a quarter of, of the people out there that have tried it. And uh, so, so there's really a need to create more stuff and, Luckily, that's one of the uh, the fastest growing communities or roles that we see at AWE in the last couple of years. Uh, so we, we have now a dedicated track for creators. Um, so actually, if you if you go to the the agenda on our mm-hmm. website, you can you can filter things based on either developer track where you see more the technical uh, talks and or more cre- or creator, which is more you know whether it's you're a designer or you wanna. You're more of a conceptual design, uh, creator, or you want to use tools to create uh, applications without necessarily coding. Mm-hmm. A lot of the best practices around that. So, so I think there's, um, you know, somewhere between the developer and creator track, you can find everything you need in order to to build stuff. Um, and uh, and again, that that's been a very uh, attractive uh, track this year. Yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, and that is. Uh, so uh, such a, uh, an accurate projection of the future of this space, right? So, it, and I, I think that maybe this is the first year the creator track uh, has been there. Or is this the uh, is this the the, uh, the year? I mean, we had we had some uh, some forms of uh, creator oriented uh, talks, but this year I think it's really the most uh, well established uh, that we've had so far. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really, again, expecting a lot of creators to to join those talks and uh, and take it to the next level and, and kind of teach us, you know, teach us all in the industry uh, new new creations that nobody even thought about. 
again, now that we have the the, the tech in, in good shape, uh, it's time for, for the creatives to take over and really show us what this could be. Oh, that's very interesting. And, and absolutely, like you mentioned, you know, when, when it used to be developers had to do a lot of the heavy lifting and you mentioned you know, your early projects where um, a lot of this computer vision wasn't available. A lot of the uh, this technology wasn't as robust as it is now. And you're seeing now that this uh, this technology has has reached a certain level. Um, there's these platforms. You mentioned Snapchat Lens Creator. Uh, there's a Spark AR Studio. You mentioned uh, with uh, AR Kit, AR Core, a lot of a lot of tools that are um, very easy to use. Um, and this is kind of the the drive where everybody is kind of uh, looking to create easier and easier tools, um, more accessible tools for for uh, people that that have the creativity. Um, so you would, I mean, this is this may be kind of the first time where uh, we're seeing uh, this wave of creative creatives, right? Wave of creativity come into the space, uh, and and literally it will never be the same again. The one thing I've seen throughout the years is. Uh, what an AWE is a certain year, it will, it will never be the same again. Uh, and, yeah, and you know, the, the other thing that, that is really making it really relevant and timely for creators is, is that for the first time in history, there is over a, 1 billion devices which are uh, mobile AR ready. Mm -hmm. And that means that if you create something, it's not going to be only to a limited number of people. Uh, it's, it's, it could actually be a very uh, large, large business. Absolutely. Uh, so you know, in, on the VR side, there's been a lot, you know, create a lot of creativity and a lot of uh, amazing things happening. But but you're kind of targeting a relatively narrow audience out there, and uh, that problem does not uh, happen on the mobile AR side, where again, there's over a billion people that uh, are just waiting to. Uh, to kind of try your app or your mobile uh, or web application uh, using AR, so it's a it's a tremendous opportunity now for creators in the space. Oh, beautiful! And I I, I remember the uh, oh there it is. Uh, I was I remember the augmentedreality.org site uh, some time ago uh, had a. The, the moonshot is to have uh, one billion active users, and I, um, and I think that's on the homepage, and that's if that's uh, that's already there, right? So, really interesting how for developers, for anybody in the space, right? It's a numbers game. If you want to get into VR um, and you're going to realize you, you have a certain, a very limited um, set of devices out there or, or um, when you look to uh, recoup your investment or, or to scale, you, you have to take into account numbers. Um, and when you mention a billion uh, users of AR and that it's only growing. I mean, if you look at some of these SDKs, there's like a wiki to SDK that basically takes uh, um, the AR kit and AR core and extends it to uh, devices that don't that don't support it. So you know, millions of devices. And you look at uh, some of these other technologies like uh, Eighth Wall that has uh, web-based AR. These devices, I mean, it, it's it's growing exponentially, and that's that's changing the ecosystem, right? That's that's adding um, more scale, more um, more money to the the pot, right? And this is. Um, Kind of what, where it's, it's driving, right? As um, th this whole in every sense of it is growing, right? There's 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 not a single area that's shrinking. I'd right? say like the enterprise is growing, the uh, consumer marketing side is growing, uh, LBE absolutely, um, and um, the startups. All right, obviously. So um, 
Uh, so, so actually, on on that note, um, I just wanted to add please. that you know, if if uh, you know, five ten years ago, uh, most of the startups like Wikitude that you mentioned um, were uh, building the 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 most fundamental platforms and tools to build their apps on, on the basic level. Um, that is now, as as an engineer term, solved with uh, again <laughs> Apple and Google and Facebook and and Amazon and others are kind of providing really good tools. So that that has pushed a lot of the startups to think um, above that. So now that the basic stuff is there, let's think about the more advanced stuff, the the other tools that are maybe higher value, and um, and that's where you see this amazing innovation happening uh, in, in thousands of startups that are kind of uh, building on the foundation that uh, the big players have have delivered on. Uh, and, and that's helping push the envelope of, of the entire industry. You know, things like the Air Cloud, which up until recently uh, couldn't even be conceived because we were still working on the basics. Um, and also, you know, tools for non-programmers, which, uh, which is now proliferating and then becoming... Uh, you have, you know, dozens of startups competing on on creating the most user-friendly, the easier uh, to use um, tools for content development. So, so that's uh, that's a really interesting development that uh, has happened since the the big players jumped in with their own products. Yeah, that's absolutely massive. Uh, and and the, to see where this is going, it's it's getting easier and better. The tools are getting cheaper. Uh, you know, AR kit, AR core, essentially free. There's there's no license as part of the um, the the platform. Uh, and like you said, there's there's definitely still opportunity, right? Because these devices are for the uh, these platforms. Are, you know, the AR kit, AR core kind of are for the newer devices, right? So if you want to uh, support the older devices, there's absolutely opportunity there. And the creation of the platforms. So I feel like at this point, we've we've literally covered the expo from a investor slash startup point of view. We've covered it from a uh, corporate buyer enterprise um, attendee. Uh, we've covered it from uh, entertainment. Like if you just want to go have fun, you have the uh, the expo the um, or the playground. And uh, we've covered it from a developer um, point of view, right? So a, a developer and also a creator, right? So um, whether you're a technical uh, app coder or using SDKs, uh, or you're just a, um, a creator that, that wants to experiment with the space. Are there any other kind of uh, attendees that you would see at the, uh, at the conference? Well, first, uh, don't forget to, to have fun. So we have, you know, <laughs> besides the playground, which is really purely about fun, um, there's also a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, happy hours and parties and after parties. Uh, so make sure to to check them out. Um, again, I think that regardless of of all the amazing demos and talks, the networking part is really where most of the value probably is, is being created. So uh, so that's why we, we're doing those those kind of events. Um, and another thing that I'd like to mention, and that's probably the uh, first ever announcement of that mm -hmm. uh, for this event. So uh, it's not official yet, but. You can expect it to actually happen. Uh, we're going to do this year um, an AR eyewear museum. Uh, there'll be a dedicated room with uh, a bunch of devices from the past uh, 30 or more years. 
And uh, it's thanks to contribution from some of the collectors out there, uh, some of the pioneers that have been either building or collecting some of these devices in the past. Uh, and it's going to be organized, you know, based on the year. Uh, so I think it'll be a good way to uh, to get a sense of how this whole uh, industry has evolved. Uh, and, you know, as Churchill said, the, the farther you can see into the past, uh, the farther you can see into the future. So uh, hopefully that will give people kind of a good sense of where we're coming from and, and where this is going. Um, and it's also, again, uh, a fun, fun exhibit that uh, any AR enthusiast would probably want to check out. Oh, absolutely. And you must pay homage to, like, like you said, the, uh, the, the, uh, trailblazers, right? The people that had to, uh, struggle to create the, uh, this industry and, um, put in the hard work. And absolutely, you are, uh, the, the top of that, uh, to, to create, uh, Augmented World Expo. And, um, I noticed it's also growing, right? The, um, you had one in Tel Aviv this year, uh, 2018. That's right. Uh, so now we have one in uh, the U.S., which is the biggest one. Uh, we have Europe coming up in October. Mm-hmm. We have Tel Aviv, uh, which should be the second year coming up in November. And also uh, AWE China uh, is returning uh, next year. Well, uh, you'll hear more announcement about it uh, next month or so. But that, but that kind of covers kind of the the big markets that we're seeing so far. And I can tell you there's demand to bring it to other countries, uh, but we'll just try to kind of pace it so that it's uh, it's uh, growing in a reasonable way. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, but it kind of shows that, you know, there's demand to, to bring this experience um, to all uh, the corners of the world, which is awesome. Oh, excellent. And and you're absolutely doing that. And uh, another thing, another huge resource for, for everybody is there's a YouTube channel, uh, AWE YouTube channel that uh, a lot of, maybe all of the talks are, are uh, recorded on the really high production value and uh, um, uh, just an incredibly valuable resource for, for what's going on around the world. And, you know, from um, from the entire industry, I thank you for, for putting that together and, and making that a, a free resource for everybody. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, th- this is it's probably. I mean, we we basically posted all the uh, talks and uh, demos that were recorded over since you know we started recording it. Uh, and there's today, I think, over maybe nearly fifteen hundred uh, videos on the channel. And, and what's what's cool is that it covers practically any aspect you can think of. In the space, you know, from AR to VR, from software to hardware, from consumer to enterprise, uh, and a lot of uh, you know some, some of the great speakers out there have been captured. So it's really a great resource, and uh, would, would encourage people to to take a look and try to see if they find uh, kind of their sweet spot there. From the museum to the networking to the actual conference to uh, Super Ventures, this is uh, you have been really adding to this community that we're all part of. So yeah, we absolutely thank you. Uh, anything else you'd like to kind of um, talk about while uh, while you're here? Is there? Uh, I mean, AW is absolutely coming up, and I'm sure that's that's top of your mind. Uh, what else? What else do you uh, are you excited about uh, in this coming year? So you know, a big topic that I've been. Uh uh, pushing, uh, which will become, I think, a, a big uh, discussion topic at KWE, both on the expo floor and in talks, is the AR cloud. Uh, it's kind of related to what I mentioned before, that uh, that now that the, the basic platforms are provided by the 
tech giants. Uh, there was this room to kind of push the envelope and really build on top of it and uh, and bring the the future vision that many of us have been thinking about for years uh, to life. And uh, the air cloud actually is is kind of a, a good uh, description of that thing, which is you know uh, uh, a 3D copy of the real world that allows. Um, to place uh, con- AR content on top of it that can be shared, uh, that, that is persistent and can be shared with many people uh, and many devices. Um, it's, you know, I first talked about this about, uh, what, about a year and a half ago. And mm-hmm. since then, uh, uh, it's been growing in, in, in adoption. You know, there's dozens of startups that are developing towards the air cloud. There's investors focused on on the air cloud as a, as a sector. There's a lot of articles and a, and a lot of uh, debate around the some of the concerns related to the air cloud, like privacy and, uh, and security and so on. And, and to that end, uh, I think an, a, another important thing that uh, will happen at AWE, which is related to that, is activities around the openaircloud.org uh, that... Um, association that is meant to promote an interoperable and ethical open AR cloud uh, with, you know, standards and discussions and work groups. Uh, so so they're actually planning a, a bunch of activities uh, around AWE uh, in talks, in workshops and so on. And uh, hopefully some of that will be reaching the press, which I think is also important to to have that conversation in, in the uh, in the market uh, around how these new technologies um, can change our life and how we should look at it, uh, making sure that they're uh, evolving in the right way Absolutely. and not creating more harm than uh, help. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's literally the, like you said, the future of, of this industry. Uh, and, and yeah, AR, the AR cloud. And the, I, I think you, you know, you, in, in this space, you were a very, uh, very active proponent of it very early on. And um, what it is, is, is literally the way the computers see the, the actual world, the depth and color. Um, and this is the space, the absolute space uh, to be in. And I think uh, Apple had just come up with a patent about a month ago that they were Proved for uh, using AR Cloud to find your keys or other objects. So it's essentially uh, capturing your entire room, and you say, "Hey, where did I leave my keys?" And it's already remembering uh, all of your roomscape. And uh, in terms of standards, I remember there was a talk last year about uh, specifically that, kind of the, maybe the first of its kind. The, the uh, talk about uh, how would we use uh, what standards, what what. Uh, um, uh, what format will we use to uh, record and uh, consume the AR cloud and having uh, inoperable, uh, interoperable standards, right? Being able to uh, have a single um, agreed upon standard for, for this space is huge and, and very forward thinking of, of doing that. So um, thank you for that. Thank you for, for making that a priority. Another thing, um, last year, uh, Oh, Virtual World Society, uh, Tom Ferris uh, from Virtual World uh, had a big impact on uh, the AWE um, um, lineup, speaker lineup, and the, the, the essentially the entire um, conference. Uh, and this year, I, I know um, uh, you have some speakers also uh, from uh, Virtual World Society about the, literally the, uh, the topics of, of use um, use of this technology for for the, the betterment of good, the betterment of, of humanity, and uh, essentially, you know, to uh, briefly to, to use it for good, um, and also, yeah. and please, 
Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, the, the uh, kind of the social impact aspect of this technology is, is very close to our hearts. And uh, the Virtual World Society and, and Tom Furness uh, have been great partners of ours in this mission. Uh, and they'll still be uh, very much integrated into the agenda this year. I think the spirit that they have uh, proliferated is, is really across the, the entire agenda. Uh, and, but also some specific speakers that they helped us kind of put, uh, bring to the conference. Um, so that's definitely uh, uh, an important pillar, I think, of what AWE is trying to achieve. Uh, and we thank uh, Tom Furness for that. That's outstanding. And, and literally, uh, there's there's no, in my opinion, there's no better uh, kind of convergence of all of these technologies uh, done in, in the absolute right way. I mean, there's, in this conference, uh, and nobody has left disappointed. Everybody, there's something for everybody. Um, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for putting this together. Uh, anything we can do to support, we're, you know, everybody I know has tickets. Uh, or, I mean, everybody in this industry is, is attending. Uh, and we will definitely uh, get the word out. I know some of the speakers are already uh, tweeting and uh, throwing some social media about uh, their, you know, to be honored to be speaking. Uh, anything else we can do to help move this industry forward to... Uh, uh, um, uh, to help you with, with, with what you're doing, which is, uh, uh, you know, a very noble mission. So, so I think, you know, spreading the word about the event is, as well as about what's uh, coming out of it, uh, right? So the, the achievements, the adoption rates, uh, the, the great products out there, uh, just keep spreading the word. The word. Um, and, you know, specifically with AWE, whether it's at the, the big events or the, the meetups, uh, there's kind of a price for for everyone, so so I think you know if you're into it, uh, price shouldn't be an issue. You should you should be able to find a way to engage um, and to to get into this community, learn from it, uh, contribute to it, and and really make this uh, industry a success that we all believe uh, it will be, uh, if not this year and the, the next few years. Oh, that's outstanding, and and you're a huge part of it. Uh, this is XR podcast, and we are uh, helping you be part of it. So thank you so much, Ori, for joining us today. Uh, give us you, uh, if we want to find out more. Um, is it awexr.com? Could you give us all the, uh, the the social media if you have it? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead to uh, on the website to awexr.com. Um, that'll be kind of a portal to everything. Mm -hmm. um, or follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can just search for Augmented World Expo or any reality event, uh, the handle. Yeah, let, let's uh, let's spread the word, uh, you know, uh, give us feedback, um, whether it's about how to improve the event, about what else needs to happen in the community, in the industry at large. We always try to keep an eye to uh, or an ear to the ground and, and see uh, how, how we can help advance that. So uh, let's make it work. Beautiful. We look forward to seeing you uh, keynote the AWE uh, end of May. Let's say a, a little bit of news uh, that's going on in this industry, just so we uh, we stay up to date. You know, part of this is uh, exploring how we can create realities, how we can. Um, make stuff, but part of it is to see what's what's going on. So Microsoft has been making massive news. They just had a, they just demoed their HoloLens 2 uh, with, with a bunch of AR capabilities. 
then they, uh, this week, there's been a lot of press about the Army's adoption uh, and specifically use uh, in the field and specifically use in combat, right? So um, in, in a lot of the, uh, uh, the Microsoft deal, uh, using the HoloLens for the U.S. Army is uh, in combat. And uh, a lot of Microsoft employees have left Microsoft over this kind of um, uh, controversy, if you will. All right. So very interesting as to what's happening there. Um, honestly, the uh, also Microsoft came out with another patent uh, this week where uh, they demonstrated um, well, not that, the patent uh, uh, shows rotating lenses right so the way that works is that uh the the display part of the lens will actually rotate to adjust for where your eye is looking giving you unlimited field of view so the microsoft microsoft came out with the hololens probably four years ago and hasn't really innovated on it at all since till this year and uh one of the interesting things was now, the worst thing about it was the, the really low field of view, right? You can only see the small square of, of digital stuff in front of you. Uh, with this kind of patent that Microsoft was just approved for, uh, that's going to change a lot of that. So very interesting as to what Microsoft is doing. Obviously, highly secretive. Nobody has a HoloLens 2. Uh, most people that are allowed to even touch it can't turn it on. They're only allowed to wear it with a uh, uh, visor up. <laughs> Right. So they they have to wear it uh, not on, but literally flipped up as if uh, just to look cool in it, which, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Does that look cool? I guess, if you know, hyper nerd. Yeah, it's the future. Uh, you know, there's a lot of news about China. So we mentioned, talked to, with Ori a little bit about China. China is super interesting in this AR VR space. So China was the first to come out with these VR arcades, right? They, they adopted it very quickly because they already had kind of a business model for internet cafes where people would show up and use the internet, right? Uh, then they created these VR cafes where they took uh, essentially a Vive or an Oculus Rift and converted one of those, or in this case, with like four of those uh, little workstations, right? Four of those um, internet cafe uh, stations, computers, into uh, a little v VR LBE, like a little mini location-based VR, right, where people can play VR. Oh, interesting concept, because VR is a little more expensive, you know. Uh, not everybody has it. Uh, maybe you want to, you know, uh, go to a place and try it. So really interesting. They were the first to kind of try that out. Uh, culturally, very well accepted, right? But financially, one of the really interesting things that came out probably two years ago was uh, that a lot of... Uh, a lot of these Chinese uh, companies in China, especially these internet cafe models, realize that the amount of revenue generated by a, uh, a VR component is not cutting it, right? You, they'll make more money if they, uh, if they basically just turn it back into the internet cafe and get four workstations there. So uh, AR is changing that a little bit. And... Um, maybe China will be the one to really change, uh, change kind of the, uh, uh, the adoption, right? I mean, they, they, if you look at AR, you solve all those problems of VR, right? So, uh, really interesting to what's happening there. Um, oh, this is crazy. So Google 
just announced a patent. So literally there's, uh, there's been patents awarded for Microsoft, Apple, and Google uh, for AR glasses. Obviously, Microsoft, we have the HoloLens, right? But Google and Apple, really interesting places uh, right now, really interesting news. Because if you think about um, Apple has an ecosystem, an app ecosystem, right? Um, you know it from your iPhone. You look at your iPhone, you have these icons. Um, and then if you look at, if you have an uh, Apple Watch, an iWatch, you, um, you'll notice that these same apps can work also on the watch. So Apple already has uh, peripherals with displays that are wearables already right now. You, you, I'm wearing one. Uh, you can be wearing one. To take that and same screen, right? You already have AR kit. You already have a camera. The camera from Apple has a QR code reader integrated. And the way that um, the way that Apple in AR kit, the way that they architect uh, image images. Uh, so with augmented reality, you have these things called image markers, right? So uh, let's say you want uh, some augmented reality to show up off of a poster, that poster is the image marker, right? That poster is the uh, the reference that the computer vision needs to see to start start the magic. Uh, the way that Apple has already been um, <clears throat> requiring that those images be placed is, is really interesting because it's it's you can see um, you can see the you can pre extrapolate the future, right? You could extrapolate how these can be used uh, as sets and how essentially how they can integrate that into their main camera. They already have a camera, so if you take that camera and put it on a headset, I mean, there you have it, right? And then to create apps based on that, they already have the ecosystem. The other one is Google, right? So Google has, I mean. A lot of the players in the space, and actually one of the interesting things that Ori talked about here was uh, the Google Glass, right? Nobody, nobody's been talking about Google Glass for 10 years, but it must be probably 50 bucks right now for, for Google Glass, the old one. And the new one, um, Google has been leaking a lot of stuff about the new Google Glass. And you think about it, right? You have one eye, you only need one eye right low battery consumption very simple interface um they've they've had it they kind of had it right with the google glass a long time ago um and it was just the only problem was adoption and when you look at adoption that problem is with developers and app ecosystem right apple kind of has that a little more the google glass was based more around the web uh, a web-based kind of uh app ecosystem right so to create apps for google glass back in the day you would essentially create um html code uh and then uh architect it in a certain way for it to be displayed on the google glass which if you look right now at what's happening with uh web and uh ar this might be the big, uh, the big competition of the future, right? The big, the big battle, the big space race, the big, not the Cold War, right? The big, yeah, this big space race is uh, how will people experience AR in the future? Will it be through an app ecosystem? Will you have to download an app, and will you be using Apple headphone, uh, Apple glasses? People are using Apple phones now, right? Uh, will it be Google? Right? Will it be more web-based? Will it be more uh, 
And that's kind of the play that Google is having, right? As as Apple has locked in, has locked down um, some of the rights of uh, its Safari browser, and they had a bunch of news about that, and they've since kind of unlocked a few. And there's been some interesting things where they're Apple is looking to uh, decrease the capabilities of the web, and Google is kind of looking to probably increase those. And of course, they have their own ecosystem, right? So both of them. Apple and Google, the major players in the space, have uh, also the AR cloud kind of component, right? So Google has the AR core uh, and Apple has the AR kit. And these are um, incredibly competitive SDKs. These are incredibly competitive ways to make AR. Um, and both of these, I mean, in terms of competitive, they're competitive on every scale, right? You have, uh, they're free. That's a big difference. Uh, SDKs are usually not free forever. There is, you know, there's a free tier and you could maybe get, uh, you know, a sample app with a watermark or something like that. But free, free, just to, you know, have it incredibly capable. Uh, there's a little bit uh, lacking on the image tracking and the, the robustness for that, but not very far. And they, you know, they have a very robust release cycle where they're, they're making improvements very rapidly. And both of them have very interesting facial capture features, right? So they can uh, map your face and map like masks and stuff onto that. Um, you look at that and you look at kind of where is the space going? Um, absolutely need to keep an eye on that. XR Podcast is brought to you by Wikitude. Wikitude is the leading independent augmented reality platform for phones, tablets, and smart glasses with over 1 billion app installs. The Wikitude SDK enables developers to create cross-platform AR apps with image recognition, object recognition, location-based AR, instant tracking, and smart API, including ARKit and ARCore. The Wikitude SDK was elected Best Developer Tool 2017 at AWE, and is available for JavaScript, Unity, Android, iOS native, APIs, and other extensions. Get a free trial at wikitude.com SDK. This is a great way to connect with uh, the rest of the world in the industry. So thank you for watching. Thank you for connecting with me. This has been XR Podcast, and I am Lex Streitzer. Mm -hmm.